Yo, 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 what is good, everyone? Welcome back to yet again another podcast. Yes, we're on number 69. I know, crazy. I know, you're going to hurt me. You're going to kill me. I didn't, I didn't make one on Christmas week. Got lost on time. Forgot to do it. Yeah, I know. Bad by me. What's new? Come after me. I know. I'm sorry, okay? Also, this is my second time recording this episode. Yeah, I'm having some trouble. What's new? Got a new mic on. Hopefully, it sounds better. We'll see how it goes. But guess what? Episode number 69 is about to go down. Let's get into it. So last episode, I went 7-2 with my picks. I'm not going to go over my picks because that was two weeks ago, obviously. But I'm overall now 51-24. So that's not bad. That's not bad for a year. Now let's get into it with uh, some injuries. So two weeks ago against the Saints, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he sadly got injured. It looked really bad, actually. Uh, his leg got stuck in the turf. And it didn't move. I thought it was a bad, going to be worse than what it is. But it's only a growing injury so far. They're hoping he's going to be ready for the playoffs. Great news for the Chiefs and for a Chiefs fan as he, as me. I'm excited. Now, i got to go into this. The Jets have won the last two games. They lose the first overall pick now. So, as a Jets person, are not as accumulated to any Jets fans. If there any are, is any out there, can... One of y'all Jets fans, tell me how you feel about losing the number one overall pick. As I would think, mentally, I think you would not be happy, obviously. You miss out on Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and that's about it. But also, I think Sam Darnold's a great quarterback. I think it's because of the coach, Adam Gase, that you guys are not doing as hot. And so that's why I believe you guys wouldn't be as upset as I think some people think you should be. I think if you get rid of Adam Gase, you'd be fine. Sam Darnold's a great quarterback for a reason. I think he would do great in a different uh, head coach's scheme and format. You need to go out there and get an offensive-minded head coach. That's just what I think. But as a people, I know a lot of people that are Jacksonville fans, and I know Jacksonville fans are super hyped to get Trevor Lawrence on their team. Because, I mean, you have Gardner Minshew and some other people, but they're nothing compared to what Trevor Lawrence can bring to a team. And as much hate as you're giving Sam Darnold as a Jets quarterback, you can't give anybody credit for anything on the Jacksonville side. And with that James Robinson rookie coming out of nowhere this year, put Trevor Lawrence with that, and you've got some wide receivers and DJ Chark and all that, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to fit perfectly and great in Jacksonville. And I really like how Jacksonville is going to look next year. And still, Jets, if you want to go out and get a quarterback, you can I just don't think you need a quarterback. I think you need to get rid of your coach and get some more help on the offensive side to give Sam Darnold some more weapons or even an offensive line. Get him a defense. I just don't think it's all Sam Darnold's fault. I think it's all about getting some coaching and some more surrounding pieces for the man. Now let's also move on to Dwayne Haskins. Poor guy, Dwayne Haskins, man. First round pick, got to go to his favorite team as growing up, the Washington as it was the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team, last week got caught up at a strip club. That's COVID problems, right? Yeah. Then he gets fined. Cool. Then he gets to play for the Washington football team this week. And if they win, they get into the playoffs. He stinks up the bet against Carolina. They lose. So now they have to play again for a chance to make the playoffs this weekend. But it's even more crucial to win because if they don't, they don't get in. They release him. And now he's a free agent. He's losing money. And I think, like Ron Rivera said, it's a great move by both te- both sides. Give him a fresh start. Give Washington a fresh start. And like I think to myself, if Alex Smith doesn't have that gruesome injury, Dwayne Haskins isn't even drafted by the Reds, uh, the Washington football team or the Washington team. You just got to put that into perspective. And I think when Alex Smith is healthy, 
he is the number one quarterback on that football team. I think starting at the beginning of next year, Alex Smith will be the quarterback for the Washington football team. So that's where I think it stands. And I think Dwayne Haskins, there's a lot of opportunities out there for him. You could look at Indianapolis. Uh, I mean, think about, you can also think about like, now you can't think of Jacksonville, but I mean, you could put him with Sam Darnold in uh, New York. Maybe even try him with uh, the 49ers. He might be better for Kyle Shanahan in that offense. You never know. Just, you got to find a way. And you might even look at Dallas. Think about that. You still got Dallas. Do they pay Dak Prescott or not? Just throwing some teams out there that might want to take a shot at Dwayne Haskins. And another thing. Oh, uh, the Chiefs. Yeah, they clinched the number one seed. Yeah. It's it's another one seed for the Chiefs. Arrowhead Stadium is where the AFC Championship will be for the third time in three years. Yeah, that's right. The Chiefs clinch it. Yeah, they haven't been pretty all year long. I mean, what, six straight games with one score or less? I don't care. I didn't know we were going by score margin. It's actually about the record. And by my standards, they've only lost one game. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs are pretty good. I don't think I should be worried as a Chiefs fan or should any other Chiefs fans be worried. Andy Reid, to me, has not shown his full playbook, his full arsenal. He's having fun with the team. He doesn't want to show it off until the playoffs come. And that's when they're going to smoke some teams. And everyone's going to realize, oh, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, they're still good. Yeah, they're the reason they're the defending Super Bowl champs. So they will be back for another chance at the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So now let's move on to some games. Yes, there's a lot of games I'm doing this week. I'm doing all the games that have potential playoff implication. Let's start in the AFC. If the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins, if they win, they're in. Congrats, Dolphins. You just got to beat the Buffalo Bills and you're in. Or you need Baltimore to lose, Cleveland to lose, and Indianapolis to lose. You just need one of those three teams to lose if you decide to lose to Buffalo. Do I think Miami loses to Buffalo? No, I do not. I think Miami goes to Buffalo, beats Buffalo. Not just because Miami's a... Not just... Not because Buffalo... is the weaker team in this game, but because I think Buffalo is not going to play all their starters fully, you don't want to end up injuring them. So I think Miami takes advantage of that, and they win this game to get into the playoffs. Moving on to the Baltimore game, uh, Baltimore Ravens actually play the Cleveland, not the Cleveland Indians, the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you recall, in 2017, this same game happened, except it was in Baltimore. And in that sense, Baltimore just needed to win to get in, And if they lost, Buffalo would get in because Buffalo beat Miami. So here's the thing. I remember that game like a book. It was 4th and 12. Andy Dalton throws a perfect pass to Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd catches it back shoulder, turns around, and outruns the two defenders for a 48-yard touchdown on a 4th and 12 with about 55 seconds left. They go on to win this game. So yeah, that's how it went down. I think Baltimore sadly wins this game. Uh, even if they don't win this game, all they need is either Cleveland to lose or Indianapolis to lose, and they're in. But I think Baltimore takes care of business against the Joe Burrowless Cincinnati Bengals, and they win this game. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns, and oh boy, this game this game is gonna hurt. I feel like for the Cleveland Brown fans fan base, the Browns if they win, they're in, and if they lose. They need Indianapolis to lose, or they need Tennessee to lose, plus a Baltimore win, plus an Indianapolis win, plus a Miami win. So there's a lot going on. So Baltimore, just, I mean, Cleveland, just win and get in. But here's the thing. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not the problem. Pittsburgh Steelers are starting Mason Rudolph. They got their backups playing. Good for them. But Cleveland's having COVID problems now, and that's huge for a team trying to make the playoffs. And I just don't think they're going to overcome it. And I think Cleveland's going to lose. And I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I think 
Mason Rudolph-led Steelers are going to beat the Cleveland Browns. Now, I said it, yeah. Steelers are beating Browns. The Browns are missing the playoffs. Sucks to suck for you, Cleveland fans. Then you have the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. And all the Titans got to do, they win, they're in. But if they lose, they need Baltimore or Indianapolis or Miami to lose. One of those three teams have to lose, and they're in. Here's the thing. Tennessee, you win, you get the AFC South title. If you lose, then you have to hope uh, Indianapolis loses to win the AFC title. But if they don't lose, but one of Baltimore or Miami loses, then you get in as a wild card team. But if you win, you get the you get the title. So just go out there and beat the Houston Texans, which I think you will. I think you'll give it to King Henry, Derrick Henry, and you'll run all over the Houston Texans because J.J. Watt can only do so much. Let's be real. And then the last game, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. And if you think about it, Jacksonville's only win is against the Colts in Week 1. So do the Jacksonville Jaguars have enough in them to beat the Indianapolis Colts again and to knock them out of the playoffs? I do not believe so. I think the Colts win and they get in. But they they have to win. Uh, 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 hold up, JT. They got to win and they got to have either the Dolphins, Browns, one of the, the teams that are supposed to already be in the playoffs, if they win, they get in. If they lose, then they get in. So the Colts got to have help. Colts win, but they need someone else to lose. The others, they control their own destiny. They win, they're in. The Colts, on the other hand, they got to win, and they got to get a little help from some other team. And I think they will get help from the Steelers, because I think the Browns will lose to the Steelers. So there you go, Colts fans. You'll get in. So out of the five teams, you had the Colts, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Titans, and the Ravens. I think the Browns are the one team that won't make the playoffs out of those five. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it does. Now let's move on to the NFC. And as much as I want to get into this NFC East, NFC Least crap, I can't right now. We'll get into that at the very end because that has got a lot of implication on it. But let's start with the Green Bay Packers at the Chicago Bears. Listen, Chicago, you win, you're in. Do your job and, and win at home and beat the bad man of Aaron Rodgers and you're in. Green Bay, hey, if you win, you get the one seed. So you both are going to be playing your starters, both going to be fighting for that one, uh, well, not both of you, but both of you are going to be playing for a playoff spot. I think the Packers win. Even though the Bears have been playing good of late with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, the last four weeks they've looked really good on offense. I just think that bad man of Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to get it done in Soldier Field in Chicago and win the one seed. And then Chicago is going to have to pray that the Cardinals lose. Then you move on to the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. And both these teams are fighting for a playoff spot. If the Cardinals win, they're in. If the Rams win, they're in. But if the Rams lose, the Bears, if the, Ram, uh, if the Rams lose, they still have a chance because if the Bears lose, they're in. So that's how it's going to work like that. They all have a chance to win. So, like I said at the beginning of the season, I said the Rams and Cardinals both are going to make the playoffs, and it still can come true because I believe that the Bears will lose to the Packers. And then I think the Cardinals will beat the Rams, and the Rams will still get in because the Bears lost. So that's how it's going to work, like that. Now, with the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers, obviously, San Francisco fans, you know you're out. We all know you're out. You had problems with injuries this year. That happens. That's okay, man. But the Seahawks are still fine for the one seed. If the Packers and the Saints lose, they get the one seed, but they have to win. So if the Seahawks win, plus the Saints and Packers both lose, they get the one seed. So that's how it works for that. So all Seattle can do is hope that the other two lose and they win. Which, I mean, I see them winning, so that's cool. Now, the Saints, on the other hand, they have to have the Packers lose 
and the Seahawks to win, and the Saints have to win to get the one seed. So theirs is very confusing. They have to have the Seahawks win, but the Packers to lose, and they have to win to get the one seed for the Saints. So that's how it's going to work like that. Now let's move on to the NFC East. The NFC East, my friends, is up for grabs still for three teams. There's four teams in the division, and only one of them has been eliminated from playoffs, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start with the earlier game. You have the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. That's a 1 o'clock game. There's not, there's, there's a lot at stake here because the winner of this game still can make the playoffs. Dallas goes to New York. I think New York Giants win this game. And if the Washington football team loses, the Giants get in. But the thing is, is the Washington football team plays in Philly on Sunday night. And I think the Washington football team beats the Philadelphia Eagles and solidifies their spot in the playoffs. So no matter what happens, I do believe the Washington football team makes the playoffs with a win. So here's how it goes. You have you have the Bears fighting for a spot. You have the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, Arizona Cardinals, Los Angeles Rams, and the Washington football team all fighting for a spot in the playoffs. And guess what? There's only three spots available. And only... Three teams are getting in. You got the New York Giants not making it. You got the Dallas Cowboys not making it. You don't got the Chicago Bears making it either. You have the Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, and Washington football team making it. Yeah, the team without a name is making the playoffs. I would love to see that. So that's how it's going to go down. I think the Washington football team makes it. And I think Arizona beats Los Angeles. But the Bears lose to the Packers. So Los Angeles still gets in because of the tiebreaker. Crazy enough, right? I know. Wild. The NFL is wild, folks. It's a very wild, very fun, very romantically funny kind of TV show when it comes to the NFL and the playoffs. And I'll tell you something. It is crazy enough to me to still think that the Washington football team, if they make the playoffs, can't win a game. To me, the Washington football team has one of the best defensive fronts in the National Football League. And a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't want to face them because they don't have a mobile quarterback. If you don't have a mobile quarterback, you do not want to face them. Like, the Los Angeles Rams, that would be a really weird matchup for them. Because Jared Goff's not a really mobile quarterback. Sure, he can move around, but he's not fast or anything. Like, a Seattle team would be fine. An Arizona, t- Arizona Cardinals would be fine. Even a Green Bay Packers team would be fine against the Washington football team. They're just going to cause you havoc because of that front seven. Chase Young's a beast. Spears is, Speaks is a beast. Those men out on that football team for the Washington football team is beast. So I think it's going to come down to what happens there. I think the Washington football team makes it in. And who do I think gets the one seed? Like I said, I think Green Bay gets it because they beat the Bears. So that's how it's going to go. The NFC will go through Lambeau Field. The AFC will go through Arrowhead Stadium. Very, very fun. Very Both very loud stadiums win. The fans are allowed in the stadium. So that, that that will be a weird thing. But I still think home field advantage is crucial. I don't know if it's as crucial. As, it's definitely not as crucial as the last couple of years. But you know what's crucial with that home field advantage is that bye. There's only one team now in each conference that gets the bye. That one seed, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers, will get the bye. Well, we know the Chiefs will get the bye, I should say. I think the Packers also get that bye. Whatever the case happens, that one seed is so crucial in the NFC. Because let's think about it. Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Those three are the three teams still available for the one seed. Okay, Lambeau Field in January is horrible. If you go to New Orleans, it's fine. 
in Seattle, it's 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 weatherless. So I guess if you want one team to make it, if you're the NFC, you want the New Orleans Saints because the weather really won't be a factor because they play in a dome. But if it was like a regular season, you don't want to go to any of them. But with this kind of thing, with not very many fans, if any fans at some of these stadiums, you do care if it's uh, if it's New Orleans that wins it because you'll be like, oh, we're playing in a dome, no weather effect, not really much sound, you'll be fine. But with Lambeau Field and Seattle with that 12th man, even though the 12th man's not there anymore, you still have that weather effect. So yeah, Green Bay wants that home field because you get the weather advantage with your field. So that's why I think it's huge for Green Bay to get it. Now let's move on to some college football, and let's talk some bowl games. we got some big bowl games coming up, and we're talking ranked matchups, my friends. Let's start with a game that is tonight. You have the Goodyear Combo, number 7, Florida, versus number 6, Oklahoma. Yeah, I do believe uh, Florida wins this game. they got the better quarterback. Uh, they got the better offense. Sure, their defense is skeptical, but let's be real. Oklahoma's defense is no better. Oklahoma's not good on defense. It's the Big 12 team. Let's be real. They don't got defenses in the Big 12. I think Florida goes out there. They play well. They get the win. Number 7, Florida beats number 6, Oklahoma. Moving on to the Rose Bowl, which is January 1st, New Year's Day. Ha, let's get it going. It's number 1, Alabama versus number 4, Notre Dame. And if you saw anything between that Clemson and Notre Dame game, it's that Notre Dame is not a top four team. Let's just be real. They're not a top four team. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. Hate me all you want. I think uh, Alabama goes out there and beats Notre Dame by 20, at least 20. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I think Notre Dame gets slaughtered in the Rose Bowl. Then you got the Sugar Bowl, which is number two, Clemson versus number three, Ohio State. And I like this matchup. Trevor Lawrence versus uh, Justin Fields. The two top quarterbacks you would think in the NFL draft. Maybe you have Zach Wilson from BYU in there too. But these these two are at least the top three quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. Obviously, they're going up against defenses that are different. I like Dabo Sweeney over Ohio State. I mean, let's be real. I love Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. I love his weapons over Justin Fields' weapons. And I like the defense of Clemson's over uh, Ohio State's. Let's just be real. I think Clemson's the, uh, the big dogs... With Alabama, and I can't wait to see that national championship with Trevor Lawrence and Mac, uh, Mac uh, uh, Jones going at it. It'll be fun. I think it'll be a really good matchup. I think Alabama will win that matchup, if I'm being honest. Nick Saban will get his revenge on Dabo Sweeney. So I do like Alabama over Clemson in the national championship. Moving on to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. That is Janu- uh, January 1st as well. So there's three huge games on January 1st, New Year's. You got number 8, Cincinnati versus number 9, Georgia. And I really want to pick Cincinnati to win this game. I like Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been way more consistent, way more um, valuable, I would, would say, more uh, tendency not to give up the big plays and know who they're going with. From time in and time out. While with Georgia, you don't know who you're going to get at quarterback. You don't know who you're going to get at running back. You don't know who you're going to get at safety. I like Cincinnati to win this game. And uh, if they go out and say they're national champions, oh, please pray to God. Not again. We don't want that stuff again. But, yeah, I do believe Cincinnati goes out there and beats Georgia in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Then you got the Fiesta Bowl. Which the, the last two big games are on January 2nd. The Fiesta Bowl, which is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And if you didn't know, both these teams, all the players on the roster for number 10 Iowa State and number 25 Oregon is getting a PlayStation 5. So yeah, if you didn't know that, you now know that and you're probably butthurt. So yeah, me too. 
Iowa State versus Oregon. Listen, Iowa State played, had a really good season. Oregon's been very odd and inconsistent. I think uh, the Big 12 uh, championship game didn't show a lot about Iowa State. There was a lot of weird plays, weird calls in that game. I think Iowa State goes out there and beats Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Now, the last one is the Orange Bowl. You got number 13, North Carolina versus number 5, Texas A&M. North Carolina's been skeptical at times. Texas A&M should be in the college football playoffs, if, in my opinion. I think Jimbo Fisher has his team ready. They might be upset about it, and they might take it out on you, uh, North Carolina, and I think Texas A&M goes out there and wins. On the other hand, I do believe they may be upset, and they might not play to their par, as the Texas A&M has all year, and they might lose. But I'm going with the other side, and I think Texas A&M is going to take it out on North Carolina and win this game big. So, yeah, that's how it is. All right, now let's move on to the MLB. There have been three big trades in the MLB so far. And let's be real, two of them have gone to the Padres. Holy crap. All right, let's start with the first one, Blake Snell. Blake Snell has been was traded from the Tampa Bay Rays to the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres get Blake Snell, while the Tampa Bay Rays get four prospects. They get two right-handed pitch, uh, pitchers, Luis Patino and Cole Wilcox, and two catchers in Francisco Mejia and Blake Hunt. So you're giving up. Four prospects for an ace starter, Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, I take that. Yeah, good good work by uh, the, the Padres. What a trade. On the other hand, I don't think the Rays got enough for Blake Snell, but that's beyond the point. Uh, they pulled the trigger on Blake Snell like they did in the World Series. Whoopsie doopsie. Yeah, he des- Blake Snell deserves better, and he's going to San Diego. He's going to have a lot of fun in San Diego. That's a lot of young talent in San Diego right now. Then, the other trade that went down for San Diego just happened yesterday. It's the U Darvish trade. U Darvish was traded from the Chicago Cubs to the San Diego Padres. And boy, oh boy, was this one a big one. There's like seven players involved. Um, Dar- U Darvish and Victor Car- Cartini, uh, a right-hander catcher, is going to Chicago. And then the Cubs acquired right-handed uh Zach Davies, and four young prospects, outfielder Owen Cassie, who's 18, Ismael Mina, who is 18, shortstop Reggie Picado, who is 17, and Yazin Santana, who is 20. So the Cubs are getting a lot of young prospects backed under the age of 20, and uh, the Padres are getting their big boy, Yu Darvish. So now they got Blake Snell, Yu Darvish, uh, they still have uh, Clevenger, so I mean they they have a good good rotation, my friends. Yeah, you Darvish is a little older, but he's he's good. He's gonna help that rotation be more um, veteran like and help the young ones get better. That's what I think. That's huge huge pickup for the the San Diego Padres. Then you have the uh, another trade that went down. It was the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. You had Josh Bell was announced that he was getting traded to the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals got Josh Bell. And the Pirates got two right-handed prospects, Will Crow and Eddie Lean. Uh, I, I mean, this is a good trade for the Nationals. Josh Bell has been a huge superstar. I wouldn't say huge superstar. He's been good the last two years. We'll see if he continues with Washington. They needed a first baseman. And the Pirates got two young prospects. Listen, the Pirates are not good. The Pirates need prospects. They're trying to build a young team. They're trying to build a team that can go for the playoffs in, what, four to five years, they're hoping. So I like that. Josh Bell's getting out of that range for the, the four to five years. They said, all right, let's get him out of here while he's got some some uh, money or some prospect value on him. So they did that. They got him out of there. 
So I like that. So, but yeah, San Diego's making moves. They're getting their players they want. They're young. They're talented. They're full. Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, Snell. Now you Darvish, Clevenger. I mean, that team's loaded. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to take a fight with uh, the Dodgers come next year for the World Series. We'll see what happens in that NL. But yeah, man, this is a huge episode. I loved it. Full of energy, full of pride. Yeah, I know it's my second turn with this episode, but guess what? I felt good about it, so I went back at it again. And lastly, the last thing, next week I'm hoping I'm hoping um, we're going to have a special guest on. So not much uh, of anything else is going to be talked about besides wiffle ball. Yes, we're talking wiffle ball next week. I'm hoping to get Foster Huggins on the uh, podcast. We're going to talk some wiffle ball. He's got a rain tree wiffle ball league. It's a very good league. We'll get to learn a little bit about wiffle ball for all my uh viewers, listeners out there that don't know what Wiffle Ball is, it'll be fun. I can't wait to have him on. We're hoping to get that done later in the week next week. So that will be in the works to get done hopefully next week. But anyway, guys, that's the episode. Y'all have a good one. Happy New Year. Go celebrate with the family. Don't get too stupid and drunk. Maybe you will. Who knows? I don't know what's happening. But I'll talk to you guys in the new year of 2021. But peace.